turned out to be completely unreliable asshole. Hey, Tim. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Good to see you here. Yeah. For one of our formats where we see the movie the night before and meet up in the morning. That's right. To talk about it. It's a great way to spend the morning. Yep. How are you doing? I'm still waking up. Okay. Because <laughs> what? It's only 1130. <laughs> well, you know, it was Halloween last night, so I stayed up a little later than usual. Yeah. Did you watch any more horror films after we watched our horror film? I watched um, a couple episodes of the uh, house, the haunting at Hill House. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of excited to talk to you about that. I was wondering if we should do an episode on it. I finished it uh, a few days ago. Did you like it? Yes. Good. I liked it more by the end. Okay. Yeah, I'm sort of feeling the same way. Like, it's starting to get movement. I'm like halfway through. Right. I'm yeah. into it. But but that's maybe that's for another day. Um, it is. Okay. Well, I mean, should we get into to do? Should we play the music here? Play the trailer for what we went and saw, since it's so highly anticipated. Oh yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we went and saw the new Halloween. Testing one two three. We're on. We're here to investigate. A patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. <laughs> Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? The hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. How exciting. <laughs> How would you summarize it? Um, it's like Halloween, except again. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Myers is back. And so is Laurie Strode. No, there's way much more to it. Yeah, we there give is. an actual summary. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So, well, I think you preface this by saying that all of the sequels to the original 78 Halloween are wiped away. Mm -hmm. They don't exist anymore. So having said that. After the events of the first Halloween movie in 1978, it's now 40 years later, and Michael Myers was apprehended after the end of, of the first movie and has been in a insane asylum, hospital, whatever you want to call it, state hospital, for the last 40 years, and um, conversely uh what's her name uh Lori Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode has been um kind of in her own personal prison yes for 40 years uh, awaiting the time when Michael might 
theoretically get out again yeah. and, and sort of preparing. She spent her whole life preparing for that moment. A couple of ended marriages and along the way yeah. had a daughter who had a daughter. That's right. And so, I mean, God, really, is there much more to say about the summarizing that? I mean, it's sort of that's that's the setup. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we could just say it's also like there there it's it's a it's a versus film sure <laughs> you know yeah yeah <laughs> which i was glad it uh delivered on one of those like all right laurie strode's back michael myers is back <laughs> they're gonna versus you know <laughs> yeah um but it is i guess hmm, if you haven't seen the first halloween can you see this by itself i'm sure people have of course I mean, right, like, and they probably like it better than the original. It seems like it. <laughs> I mean, it's people are yeah, man. Really the original's old now, you know. Well, and to be fair, I, I, I think we both rewatched the original. Yeah, and I just think it's okay. Like, I don't think it's anything special. There's cool stuff in it, but as a movie, I was saying to right. you, and I did want to talk more about this, and I figured okay. out I think what was kind of important for me to 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 bring up because i i hear what you're saying and like i do kind of to watch it from that lens where as far as just like what's happening in the movie i can kind of go like yeah okay you know seen it before but like why i still think it's is great and is totally fine for you know I, i totally get it when people say it's their favorite horror film and why it is as big as it is it's like so beyond just kind of what happens in the movie. It's what's in every frame of the film. There's a tone. There's a mood yeah. that's so particular, and it, you know, and I guess pretty in- inimitable in that you know, even though we say it had its had its all you know its copycats, Friday the Thirteenth sure. ripped off everything ripped off from it. There's something very, very um, I don't know, I don't know, very. Well, it's, what do you think? it's got iconography that yeah. is, that really, really sits well and like lingers with you. So even though I think the movie, if you're just looking at it as objectively as you can as a movie by itself, I don't think it's great. But there are thematic things and visual things in it that I think play on a lot of our sort of inner and darker like fears that stick with you and it's almost like in a way you're filling in the blanks that the movie may lack Mm -hmm. but are suggesting and then because there's such strong aspects or or um you know visuals or whatever the thing is they carry over and and sort of linger with you and you turn that into something bigger than the movie itself was actually showing. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, to accomplish that is an exceptional thing. Right. And then just the music cues coming up. That's just right. Like so it's little triggers all like that. that. Right. There are visuals of just like the big dude in a mask. Like that's just going to stick with you. It is so eerie. And it's sort of, I think that's why the franchise, you know, went on to be such a sort of constant and iconic thing is because those images are really, really strong. Totally. Yeah. Well, like, I guess what, what, an example of what more I was saying was like, it was, um, they were just streaming it for free for 24 hours on shutter yesterday oh, really? for Halloween. 
And that's kind of reminds me of like how, you know, they do that with the Christmas story or, you know, mm. Miracle on 34 or whatever. Uh, it's a wonderful totally, life yeah. where it's, it's when, when something's streamed 24 hours like that, you can see how it's something that's, it's less about just like, like, you know, again, following the story, following the characters, but it's more like, I just want Halloween happening at me. Like it's it yeah. in itself has, as again, such a specific color and feel that is so just so unique and massive and like what you were saying just strikes a chord with people yeah. that 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 I get why this very like singular or why this why this single independent film like was big enough to launch yeah. what 12 other films now or I whatever. counted it I think we're at eight now yeah a lot like that. <laughs> yeah it is a lot but yeah when something becomes uh what would you call that kind of a, a, an essential like aspect of a holiday mm-hmm. you know they've done something right, right right it's like you can't you can't have halloween in a lot of ways without the halloween franchise it's called halloween yeah so i think that's pretty pretty impressive and and you know it's it's stood the test of time so, to so speak. knowing that that okay so cool you can acknowledge that and see why it is definitely can acknowledge that i think i was just saying if i was going to if we were going to review the original halloween Uh in isolation i would have a lot to be like this doesn't work for me right i see and i think i would like agree with those things maybe but at the same time be like but none of that matters because yeah no i agree i agree and i and you know i wanted to watch it so that alone says something about it right (laughs) yeah so if uh, those were your feelings about that one, what were your feelings about this new one as far as how would you rate it? How would you tell Tim Aslan so, to view it? I'm a little torn, actually, because I'm right on the edge of saying buy it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would buy it. May- <laughs> <laughs> I um I th- but having said that so that kind of means like I would do what I did which is spend $16 to see it in the theater. <laughs> right, which we should own a copy of it at that point. I mean really. Like if you pay that, Sheesh. here's your digital download code. <laughs> um, yeah, no kidding. I was kind of on the same same So thing. I say rent it. I yeah. mean I say rent it. Spend spend the money to see it once. Yes. It's worth that for sure. That's my that as well as my confident uh rating which I would tell myself, but why I was on the cusp of saying um, buy it was because I could see it kind of growing on me over the years as once, because it's such a, like just as a slasher movie, it was so mm-hmm. well done. I think as a Halloween sequel, yeah. like I can't think of really how to do to do it better. And, you know, it's sort of bigger sense. So like right. once it sort of becomes a, oh, here is a, I can look back and point at a very like satisfying, well done 2018 slasher film that stars Jamie mm-hmm. Lee Curtis. Um I could see me wanting it, you know, on the shelf and sort of being down for, oh yeah, more Halloween, more Michael Myers, you know, in that Well, you know, and that that makes me think of sort of an interesting point in that this this movie and I think the original have something about them where it's like it's a movie that around Halloween, if you have people over you it's kind of the movie and this was i think this is true in my life at least for the original it's a movie that people just go oh we're gonna put that on 
it's just going to be on in the background. We yeah. don't even need the sound. We just put it on. Oh, but you should have the sound. I mean, I agree, but <laughs> you, I've been to plenty of parties where it's just like, yeah, Halloween's just playing because it's Halloween and that's the movie you play. And I think this new one can do that just as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, it can serve that purpose. Like it's just sort of an essential part of the atmosphere of Halloween it's, and yeah. it can just live there. So in that sense, buy it so that you can do that if you have a Halloween party. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree because I, what I was saying, like as far as it's, it could really grow on me as a modern slasher film, like I don't see it being more than that though. Like what I was saying about the original, what it did that's so mm-hmm. inimitable and, and pure and original and just having a feel and a tone that was like, they did, they did really good job hitting a kind of tone, but as far as whatever that is, that, that, <laughs> that feel of which it's coming from i don't know how you know the the thing yeah. the magic that's there in the original halloween i think that still has it on that that is never going to be replicated okay. or duplicated sure. that's like i don't know i still see you put on you put on the original yeah you know if you want just like that that purest form of halloween energy coming at you because this really was just like a good sequel right no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's cool. Well, should we um, jump into what worked? Yeah. What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? What worked for you? What did you like about the new Halloween, Tim? I I actually have quite a lot of things. Um, In really broad strokes... Um, the, I think they did a great job of taking things that worked from the original and either kind of not redoing them, but sort of presenting the tone of them and and just nods. There's, it's full of nods to the original, even the opening credits, like where it's instead of, you know, in the original opening credits, it's just a pumpkin and the credits roll next to it or Jack, Jack Lantern. In this one, it's a, you know, it's a rotted one that in reverse grows back into that was its so original state. And I love that. I mean, it's just <laughs> Me great. So in, immediately I'm like on board. Um, but, you know, the standard stuff, it looks awesome. It's filmed great. Like the tone, the coloring, all of that stuff. Like even they filmed, I, the original was filmed mostly in Pasadena, right? Yeah. Which is in California. Um, this was filmed in what did we say south carolina that's what i wanted to say yeah i think that's right that was my guess um i'm sure i could look it up but um but actually going to a a, you know not a set you know what i mean like not trying to to match uh, a suburban or an illinois right neighborhood and actually going to a place that has the same sort of you know uh, landscape and trees and all that stuff great setting casting so so good um, it makes me like, cause I want to film this particular horror film that I'm working on and I need woods mm-hmm. and that this movie has like the style of woods that I mm-hmm. want. You don't find that style of woods in California or at least not <laughs> so- Southern California. So it, it just like puts you in the right place right away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. What else do you mean as far as things from the original that this one was soundscape doing? music, like all of that stuff, like even the little, like 
I think it's about a third of the way through or maybe a quarter of the way through when Michael's already out and he starts he's starting to go through the neighborhood and kill people. And you get like one of those first like bring noises, which is so nineteen seventy-eight, like cheesy synth sort of like scare sound. And like I it just brought me joy when it like pops up because it almost doesn't fit in this movie, yeah. right? Because this is this is a modern movie in all respects. And then you get this very nostalgic, like almost out of right. place noise, but it's perfect. It's exactly it what you want in this. Michael Myers is old now too. That's right. So it's yeah. like, hey, but he's still Michael Myers, so we're still gonna do it this way. Yeah. I like so... um I mean what yeah, you got me thinking about something that, that worked for me in this as far as when you're when you're doing a reboot or a sequel or a many years later thing like we've had so many of oh yeah it's you know you're looking toward the original and seeing all like what do we do and not do like what is true to this without sort of doing it directly right so you could say like the new star wars films they just like do it exactly you know these sort of things like well no that's not what makes star wars star wars they don't have to go through like they don't have to go through these exact beats every time that's right there's sort of a fine line or maybe not so fine sometimes between capturing the essence of a thing versus just a like a literal rehash yeah and so it works when you can get um more abstract with sort of what was working about the original so like an example of that that i thought that i picked up on that really made this one work for me that worked about the original was the level in which we got to know everyone who was killed Mm -hmm. it felt like just enough where you really were able to empathize with them they felt like real people enough you know you kind of became friends with them that felt like something that was matched in this one that was done well i agree i remember thinking that in particular with the uh the cop um the sheriff um officer (laughs) officer Uh, sheriff yeah officer sheriff uh who's he's a he's been around will Patton as frank hawkins so hawkins um you get just enough backstory with him to to feel like we give a shit about him yeah it's very slight it's just he's like oh yeah i was the did you know he was the arresting officer you see it in his eyes like the weight of remembering that night and that's all you need with Mm -hmm. him then you know he's a part of this story Mm -hmm. and i think that's really good writing to it's it's just it's taking a character that can be very kind of two two two-dimensional and whatever just the town cop and just giving him that one thing that makes you go, oh, I know who this guy is now. Right. It was cool. It's like, oh, if you're going to have that character, why not make him connected to the original? Why don't you make him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I like that. I think that's just smart. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else? Obviously, the music. Um, let's see. Most of the, like, I liked almost all of the acting. I thought the casting was great. So these are just broad things. They just right. all around general. They did a good job with that. Um, I want to talk about the acting, but before that, we were kind of just more talking about the overall feel and tone of it. Just mm-hmm. something else I had for that um, was I liked the uh, the amount of 
uh, brutality that was yeah. there where it felt real enough. It was, this was great. Maybe more thing a note, but there's someone in the, the audience behind us who was doing the whole like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, like really getting into it when someone died. So yeah. much fun. Yep. But like, yeah, it was just enough where like the gore, you, you felt like the weight of the deaths and like, oh, my yeah, God. like when I, I it, yeah, it was the brutality. It was done well. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I stand out one for me was when you see, um, the face of like the car station attendant smashed right. in yeah. like yeah. it's already been it's, done but the jaws just like it's pretty intense i mean <laughs> yeah. i i am not in general a big like gratuitous gore person but to me this was sort of hitting just enough of that to be like um uh you know it's like how it works in a war film yes exactly and and it's evocative but it's not gratuitous to me Mm -hmm. and i think that's important to find i mean i wonder it's like how many frames is too many frames to linger on you know this mashed face you know and i think they did whatever they chose that worked for me it was it was just enough not too much they were in tune with that as a halloween abstract thingy yeah yeah yeah, I, 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 that's one of my, my notes is just gore worked mm-hmm. for me. It was the right amount. Mm-hmm. So you brought up the casting, yeah. the acting, the performances, yes. which I say, heck yeah, too. I do too. Almost all around. Ex- but I, I'll, I'll caveat that <laughs> in, in things that didn't work. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'm curious to hear what that is. But I mean, I really liked that it was... I can't think of another horror movie that's done this but having the multi-generational like all three women yeah like both as sort of equally oh. main characters almost you just made me think of something that i need to i need to put in here um because yeah judy greer seemed like you know the mom or daughter depending on you know who you're looking at um she was kind of raised to almost one of the main characters it felt like yeah and um i don't know that was and then and then it then it, having them all like in the same room at the end, taking part in the final showdown. Definitely. <laughs> it was great seeing them all. Well, and I guess I, sh- I can, uh, you know, trail off on that. Is that the right way of putting that? I'm going to something off of that. <laughs> Let's hear what you do off of it. So this, I think, brings up a really big thematic um, aspect of this film. Because, you know, when we talk about the original a lot of the time you just in, in sort of the most basic way you say oh one of the main themes is sort of just like teen sex is kind of the motivator that that drives michael myers to go after people and so you're 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 maybe making some sort of larger comment all about because of that, that first kill that he committed right and so you've got this underlying theme of like mm, you know teen sex is bad and if you do it you're gonna get killed Right. Well, that was never like, you listen. It's not explicit. No, but it's e- even you talk to the original filmmakers. I'll get to. Uh, I, I was listening and you know some behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, that was never really. That, that oh. was never supposed. That's what so that's everyone just people pulled from. That's what everyone picked up on and then was like and then just turned into the slasher genre. They were never ah. like this is intentional or this is important to us. That's cool. Yeah, because you just I feel like that's what people hone in on. Mm hmm. Exactly. So, that that's what it's uh that that's what it's representative of is right. the fact that that's what people And it spurred on. on this whole genre of that thing. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie there's a there's a specific moment where I was like, "Oh, 
there is a little bit of undertone commentary going on in this movie that I that is now and it's and it's talking about now and I really like that it's flipping that a little bit on its head even if the first one it was unintentional it's kind of a sexist thing Mm -hmm. to be like don't have sex when you're a teenager you know and like kill the girls because they're having it's like fucking what the hell so in this one there's the moment when the 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 goofy friend tries to make out with with Allison Lori's granddaughter and she you know she rebuts him and she's like what the fuck you know and then he gets killed and I was like oh you know like we're dealing with a movie that has three generations of like strong women who are ultimately kicking ass like there's some good commentary on like just the state of the world and things that are important right now to a lot of people and it's it's not shying away from that, really. It's mm. like saying, yeah, fuck you, dude, who thinks, oh, and then he gives a lame excuse to be I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Allison, I was, I was drunk. <laughs> no, I'm dumb. You know, it's like, <laughs> fuck. So I think that's really good that they're, they're aware. It's self-aware. And I think that's important, mm-hmm. especially in a way, if their intention with the first one was not to make any sort of commentary on teen sex and knowing that that's what came out of it, it's even better that in this one they're commenting on the complete other end of the spectrum being like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Like, what's really not cool is like trying to fucking force yourself on somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which which in a way is even more of a deeper theme in this movie. It's like, why the fuck is Michael Myers stalking Laurie in the first place? It's, you know what cool I mean? It's cool because I, I agree that's absolutely like... A, a valid read on it but like what i got from what i got from that more was sort of more like a it's it's first coming from just writing the characters like well sure and writing them true because when yeah, i was watching writing it, them in now right like this is exactly this, it's it's very explicitly set in 2018 on you know the yeah 30th so i don't and the 31st think, so it's so, really just a it's a yeah, i think what you're probably getting at is that it's a it's a matter of saying how do real people in this day behave? Right. But I mean, I guess I was just thinking, I don't see it as being as intentional as like, oh, how do we twist this, you know, this sort of, this, this sort of uh, whatever. Right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that they're trying overtly to make, you know, broad commentary so much as just that they're aware of it. They're right. aware of the world we live in. Well, and I guess there are, there are overlapping yeah. themes. I could, yeah, I could just say it's 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 written from just the the standpoint of being like, all right, this is just how people are versus sort of like yeah. doing what doing what our jobs are and what you know film critics do, what they do sure. sort of after the fact. But yeah. as long as you make it like, yeah. Anyway, but I don't think they're, I don't think it's a it's a accident. They're aware, mm-hmm. and that's good, and they're not shying away from it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I could just see being the thing where it's like oh yeah they're even though they're aware of that in general someone points that out to them it's like oh was this scene kind of a play on it? and they were like no we just you know it just is what it is yeah, yeah. oh yeah but yeah um what else you got well well we were talking about the performances and just specifically had um i mean i mean i mean you know scream queen Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> brought it and like earns that title yeah. for life i think with this because what um 
like she brought like the gravitas to it that elevated it from just like kind of the original and even like the the sequel i think why people like it or the original sequel halloween too yeah i don't jamie, think i've actually ever seen the sequel well it's great i mean jamie lee curtis like is great and brings it and um what am i getting to with this but in, so in the second one you mean yeah she yeah does? Oh, okay because i think in the first one i'm pretty like whatever about her acting in the well in, in the original here's the thing though it's it's she's so likable in the first one mm-hmm. and i think does have a, a vulnerability not a weakness but like sure she's you know someone where we automatically are oh god look behind you don't right. want them to die that that quality yeah so, it's like a, almost a just a general like anybody in that situation it's just like she we know more than she does she's naive not in yeah a, not not saying unintelligent she's just naive of what's going on so now this one where she's had yeah. 40 years of yeah. <laughs> of post-traumatic stress you know from Seriously. the situation well i it god i just thought she gave such a good performance where like when she yelled something that was just like get over here get over right. he's coming like it wasn't just the ravings of a of yeah. a mad woman it was someone who had been just deeply hurt yeah you could feel that and so when it also had the shots where it was like her being so good with the guns and everything yeah it wasn't even though it was like, oh, cool, that's awesome seeing her do that. It wasn't just this, like, surface level, oh, she's so, like, badass, yeah. da, da, da. She had that that Laurie Strode vulnerability that you could yep. see it, who had been damaged and hurt and that that's where it was coming from. Totally. She played that, like, so well for me and made me really like her because I could still see. And I because I was wondering, I'm like, Laurie Strode, kind of who who was she? Who is she? Like, right. I don't get it. It's like, like a classic character or whatever but like i could key into that yeah who she was and 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 thanks to her showing that vulnerability again in this one yeah i totally agree um let's see what else um i really like well i guess i covered the the sort of the lore of the first one and and like honing in on on things that work and moments like that for example um you know the little nods like when lori gets pushed over the, the, off the roof and onto the ground yeah you know and, and michael go- sees her down there and then he like gets distracted and then he looks back again and she's gone it's like mm-hmm. that's great of course we, and we all know that's what you're gonna do with that but it's so pleasing yeah to get little things like that it's a really interesting thing to me that you can do there are times when when movies do those exact um you know, uh, like replicas of moments and it doesn't work where you're like, Oh God, like give me a break. But this, for some reason, there's something about this one that just hits the right amount of that. It's even when you know it's coming. It was so tied to her getting her revenge. Finally, maybe that's what it is. It's like, we know that she lived that life. It's not like we're seeing new characters be put in situations that old characters that they didn't even know about were in and having them have that mm-hmm. exact scenario play out. That makes no sense, right? It's a little incongruous. It's like, why would a, a character that was disconnected from, you know, the original, whatever the original is, mm-hmm. be, in, be in, like, let's say, for example, it, using the Star Wars analogy again, it's like, referencing a trash compactor in in the new ones is sort of loose and like the new characters yeah (laughs) like they should be like this means nothing to me and who gives a shit but and it doesn't quite land but when it's Lori knowing that the last time michael fell off a roof and disappeared 
and doing the same thing, we're like, fuck yeah, we're getting the nice reversal, and yeah. we know that she's in on it. She's on the other foot. It's nice to yeah, like look at Michael exactly. Myers behind the mask and go like, uh, yeah. And they did they did this a bunch of times, right? There's mm. the um like when she's going up to the closet doors that are that same slatted sliding right uh, with like the same wire coat hangers yeah exactly (laughs) like now she's on the other side of that she's the one who's going to open the door and michael's the one who's potentially hiding like great that's great we it was cool because it also still worked where like i was scared for her because god he could just bust out of that which uh i guess segues into i there was a couple promise of the premises that i thought this delivered and speaking of her looking for him at the end this totally delivered on what i said earlier the verses setup of like as soon as it was both of them in the house together and you're like okay she's got like her dozen guns Mm -hmm. how is it going to be sort of evenly matched but as soon as they're both inside yeah which played as realistic for me him getting inside you know i liked um, there was something about the design the look and design of the house in sort of i think this movie is really full of very smartly constructed duality things mm -hmm. Where in the original, you're in a very like white picket fence house and the walls are white and the banister is white and like, you know, it's crisp and clean and whatever. In this one, now we're we're in the sort of reversal of that. We're not in a neighborhood. We're out in the middle of the woods. We're not in this like Susie Homemaker, perfect little house. We're in this like rustic dark kind of almost damp feeling everything is brown wood yeah which is interesting to look at as the repercussions of michael's evil just continuing to seep through it just goes to show you how important and how well you can do to focus in on these details and say stay away from white walls but you know what i mean like to to make those artistic decisions like design decisions it i think the casual viewer isn't going to pick that apart in any intellectual way well to do exactly that what it kind of it kind of for me feels like what's satisfying in the nightmare on elm streets when they go inside the dream world to fight Mm freddy this is like after 40 years laurie strode has put herself in that kind of like the land of evil and and despair right and like she's meeting michael Myers, myers kind of on his level so it right. is kind of they're in their his own created hellscape when that's right fighting that's each exactly other. right yeah yeah it's just it's good it's good filmmaking yeah. i mean really it means they thought about it it's cool um i like their yeah i mean it's just a close quarters fracas that mm-hmm. they had at the end and yeah like and it was fun because each of them had their sort of moment where they were taking control, you know, it's like, oh shit, you know, she's, she's yeah. being strangled, da da da. the back oh, and yeah. forth. Oh, he got his fingers blown off. Oh, right. but he's still coming at her. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I, I like that we never see his face. Yeah. That's cool. We get his eye, just a little glimpse of the eye that she um, coat hangered in the first one. Yeah. Um, Which was already messed up in the first one. You do get a better look at his face. That's right. The, the Early on, off. yeah. No, oh, 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 that's right at the end, right before he gets yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like... <laughs> just in terms of characters, I really like the little kid. 
Oh, I know the, that scene, Baby City. I, I love. It's just that I you're love talking that. about getting high. I love that. shit. I could just see like him <laughs> cracking up, Danny McBride. Yes, you know, that's exactly the producer right. Producer writer on this. Yeah. Um, and I love the babysitter Vicky. I think she's fun and just like you. You can't not like her. I think yeah. she's just like fun and funny. And they like the two of them together have such a good like rapport and Remind back and me forth. of the babysitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Um, I was like, no, Vicky. I really like the female reporter yeah um i just i i don't know if she just she's she knew what was up she was cool yeah like again casting women that are like she didn't feel too dimensional to me yeah and i think that's really great like i i'm i've said this i'm sure a number of times before i just i'm very tired of seeing well she was immediately the dimensional women yeah she was the more competent one between the two Thank you. Journalist podcasters. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I think how it would be played yeah. realistically. She's like, all right, money talks. That's why yeah. we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I guess sort of off the, off that, like, I really like, um, the, the death specifically. I, I really like her and the other reporters death. Yeah. And those are two of the, basically not the first, but they're two of the, they're the first of two people that He's we on care the loose. about. Yeah. Right. Like, and that bathroom, man, there's something about grimy bathroom, like, mm-hmm. fights that I love. Oh, it was great when she's, like, crawling under the Absolutely. next stall and you know he can grab her. Yeah. And then, like, the guy gets in, like, one good hit on him, but then it's just, like, yeah. fruitless after that. Man, I really liked that. And I was so bummed that she died. Right. You know what I mean? Which means they they did something right in making us right. care enough about her to, for me to be, like, uh, that early on to be like, oh, no, fuck, she's dead. It's like, of right. course she's going to die. She's, like, <laughs> I know, all not these one of the three main characters. <laughs> which which that's, that's kind of what I brought up earlier. Like, what was making this, what, I, what worked for me in this was the amount of empathy that was built for each one. Yeah. Like, every person where it's like, of, like, I was like, oh, they're dying. Oh, I yeah. don't want to see. But then again. I was like, of course they're gonna. <laughs> That's why they're here. Yeah. That's why she has all these friends because they're gonna die. <laughs> um, uh, I mentioned when I said uh, the 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 fracas at the end was delivering mm. on the verses pre- promise of the premise, and I, I had said there was two promises of the the premises that they perhaps that they delivered on. You need a popper stopper for that. And the other one was um. During the the middle of the film, this is like in the the screenwriting terms, the, the very much the most um, fun and games sure. segment, which was a long take of Michael Myers just going from one house to another, killing yeah. two people. Yeah, and it like started with I believe um, a, the little kid bumping into him, a little kid bumping into him in costume and having that, right. you yeah. know, that yeah. little, or the yeah, you know, you know there's just, that was a that was a nod to the original, but it was fun because then it. It, it took it took Halloween to its extreme of like you got all these extras it's in the midst of Halloween he's going in he's hiding around he's smashing a face in well, it was and, great it and was... I feel like this leaned in on that where the first one kind of missed it or skirted it a little bit mm-hmm. yeah Th- th- this re- this one really makes you feel scared for the general public right like there are many many kids and and trick-or-treaters and 
you know, just like and and adults that are getting in costume and enjoying right. Halloween. And this dude is wandering around in the midst of that. Like he's basically walking through the crowd and yeah. they don't know. And that by itself is a very evocative and scary thing exactly you know, you know everybody's like at risk it's the thing that we projected on the original but right. when you watch it isn't actually there yeah, so not. here was their chance to do it better than Man, ever too and it's so good there's a beautiful moment which is again in sort of the same save the cat um screen screenwriting uh terminology the literal save the cat moment is reversed in this where do, so should i explain what no. that is okay people know what that is there's the moment after he ball peen hammers, um, or I guess it's just a regular hammer, the the woman in, in her house in this se- same sequence. And he walks out and there's a baby crying and he walks up and we all go, oh shit, he's going to fucking kill that baby. Mm-hmm. And he just looks at it and moves on. That's sort of a reverse save the cat, right? It's It's letting us know that he's not completely... It's not a reverse save the cat. That would just be a save a cat. It is, but it's reverse in that it's the fucking bad guy who's doing it. Oh, oh so oh. it's it's creating almost a sympathy for him, sub subconsciously for us, where we go, oh, he's not that bad. Yeah, right. Because normally you'd use you'd use that moment with a hero or an anti-hero and right. be like, oh, okay, well at least he you know, helped the old lady across the street, so we can get on board with him, even if he does some shitty shit. We're still on board because we we got this little this little human moment early on and to see him do that it's kind of a fucking middle finger mm-hmm. to that that uh technique and i just think it's great it, it it's it's almost confusing for the audience right and it should be it's unsettling we go wait who it was who great are it, we it dealing muddled with it, 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 like where we're if this whole time we're trying to pin down ex- exactly where he's coming from right. try to understand his psychology it was just one more little like that's information I don't know what to do with. That's right. And that's the this sh- that's the whole thing should be that, right? Mm-hmm. Like why? Right, is we don't the question. we don't need to know all this elaborate backstory and blah, there blah, isn't blah. an answer Give and us, that's what's scary. Right. Just just di- make the hole dig us a bigger hole. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, it even kind of happens again later on when he's in the cop car with Allison. Am I, is that, that's the character's yeah. name, right? Okay, I'm, for a second, I doubted myself. So he's in the car with Allison in the back seat, and he doesn't fucking kill her. He kills the doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's, and then well, he gets out. He just leaves her there. No, he didn't leave her there. She escaped when he, he became Oh, that's right, he focused. got out. He was yeah. like, all but my attention so, is on killing him right now. You think, based on what we think we know of Michael Myers, that of course he's going to try and kill Allison because she's a part of the Strode right. family, right? Like you have that kind of ingrained that his whole MO is go after Laurie, no, but it's not. It made sense in this that he was just getting off and killing someone who'd been so close right. with him this whole time. That's like, right. That was a more big kill. Well, and that's him. what I mean by I think it's 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 doing a really good or the, the filmmakers are doing a really good job of sort of keeping you a little bit like they're skirting your expectation. Of course you think he's going to kill her, but then he doesn't. And you're sort of like, it's the yeah. fact that he could have immediately also turned to her, but yeah. it was kind of neat to see him get caught up in like, this is, I'm going to go after this guy. This is where all my attention is at right now. And yeah. it worked. And it adds to the, what the fuck, like what the fuck <laughs> is his deal? Right. Thing? Why like, is he only giving him? Right. Exactly. Which, you know, that's so 
compelling to constantly be going, what, what is his deal? Speaking of uh, that guy he kills who was referred to in the film actually as New Loomis. I know, I love that. He's New Loomis. (laughs) So the guy who replaced Loomis, uh, Hollick, uh, Dr. Ranbeer Sartain. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. That's why we call him New Loomis. Um, I I thought that was great and really worked for me how the twist of yeah. him being bad and I'm glad they didn't do more with it. I'm glad he got killed off. Oh, me too. Because like at, at first I was thinking like I'm not crazy about him because he literally is just new Loomis. It just yeah. made me wish Donald Pleasance was still alive. Yeah. But then to, to find an opportunity of that where being like, no, Loomis would never do that. But this, this random That's new right. guy who I don't trust but wanted to trust <laughs> yeah. because he's new Loomis. He, uh, he did this and took me by surprise and made me go crap when she's stuck in the back of the car. Cause he, yeah, cause he did that. So that was cool. I liked that. twist. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm so glad that they, they, that it was a good and completely un well, at least for me, an unexpected twist. And then they wrap it up. Yeah. And I'm so glad there was a moment when I thought, if this, if the rest of this movie is new Loomis with the Michael Myers mask on, and that's yeah. like the reveal at the end that Laurie takes the mask off after killing him, and it's new Loomis, or was I would trying be to say so some greater thing about he, you know Michael Myers is he's, he's not in all of us. Yeah, I'm like I was so worried about that too, or Ugh. that it was just going to be some kind of final thing of like new Loomis being a part of the final fracas and like yeah. holding someone hostage. Oh, I don't I would have hated that. Me too. I was dreading all that and I could see it happening and another bit like no, but then I then I remember it's Danny McBride and I just see him going like, "No, fuck that, man. That's yeah. stupid. We got Michael Myers in her fight." You know. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I didn't actually look up who any of the I I basically looked nothing up going into this. I was com- almost complete. I didn't even know who directed. I knew nothing. So I didn't know whose hands I was in, right? Like I knew that people were saying largely that they thought it was really great and mm-hmm. they loved it, but I, you know, people say that about shit movies all the time. So I I was, there were moments of doubt for me and I'm so, so happy that it ended up that we were in really good hands yeah. and they didn't take us down a shit path. <laughs> right, when it was all going so well. Uh, I feel like we should keep going here. I just had a couple last little things that worked for me. Yeah, I um, only have keep it going. Um, so two. I I loved the scene of um, when they come across the crashed bus and all the wandering patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, what worked for me about that was just was sort of like it has echoed something yep. the original totally that that imagery, but um, just that it. I, I like that we didn't get ever actually get an explanation or see yes. how it went down. That helped keep it very ominous, yep. suitably yep. ominous. I, I love that. I totally agree. Great. Uh, the only other thing I have is the, I just, as a moment, I, I love the, um, the, the, oh, what the fuck's her name? The daughter, not the granddaughter. Oh, the daughter, not the granddaughter. Uh, Karen. Karen. I love the, she's holding the gun in the basement up and she's like, I can't do it, mom. I can't do it. And he gets, he, you know, Myers pops in and she goes, gotcha. It, it pays off the whole storyline of her mom's, her and her mom's conflict mm-hmm. that she was put through the ringer as a kid to learn these survival techniques. And she rejected all of that and like moved away from her mom or was moved by child services. And like they have this strained relationship, the whole movie in this one moment goes, yeah, but it was all worth it. 
You're right. And I fucking love that. That was a killer moment. It was awesome. Um, and there's that same guy behind us, like, shooter, man, shooter. <laughs> like, <laughs> just do it. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I love that too. Okay. So, very last thing for me that worked for me, I have down was how, and you'll see, I, I'm going to use this tra- to transition to the next se- section. Uh, I liked how he wasn't confirmed dead in mm-hmm. that. I'm yep. like, oh, yeah, you know what? If, you know, because I was wanting. This is why I'll get into what didn't work for me as far as like I was wanting like why not a great standalone film whatever they can kill him they'll he, never do it they'll like, never do but it but I'm like oh no yeah wait he's he's Michael Myers he's not supposed it wouldn't be Halloween film like that is a tenant that is <laughs> an right. abstraction yeah. I was talking about of like no like what they did at the end credits end with his breathing yeah I was like frustrated at first but then I that that when I thought about it more I worked for me that he was not confirmed dead. Let's move on. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> so what didn't work for me coming off of that last one was how they didn't kill him. <laughs> so that's you, different you from know, how he wasn't confirmed Ryan, dead. This is a thing that you seem to do every once in a while. I've done it once while. before. <laughs> I've done it once before. This it's your favorite bit. Yeah. Well, it's it's I, what what did I do it? I forget now. <laughs> I don't remember. But it, the I mean, babysitter. It's, it's I think true. you did it. But this was Kieran, this is more Kieran's different. Yeah, yeah. It was that. It was the babysitter Chirons. <laughs> um, but this one is different because what I just said did work for me was how he wasn't confirmed dead, which is different. More specifically, now what didn't work for me was how they didn't kill him. Those are different. Yeah, yeah, I get you. You see, okay. like I, I still think it could have been done in such a, like I would have preferred the ending where in that final house burning down fracas, mm-hmm. like for some reason in in the hullabaloo of it all, that they weren't able to get off a last shot because he was falling under the flames. Oh, interesting. You know, like I, I, it, it did not work for me that they like they should have. You know, I really think they should have if they are. It felt like they were going for, and the movie was pushing for, with the cop copying, like, get out of my way, let me just shoot him now, I don't right, care right. if he's dead. Like, it was like, cool, the movie's smart and on board with, like, we just gotta kill him, let's shoot him. And, like, yeah. even her shooting his reflection, it was like, I don't care, just fucking shoot him in the head, make sure he's dead. So to sort of have it feel like it's more to them about this elaborate mouse trap. Yeah. Like just to, to burn him down and not watch him die. I'm like, no, I think they would do that and then try to shoot him. Yes. And I think it could have been done in such a way where just in the particulars of how it's playing out, they weren't able to get off the shot. That's a good point. I, I can imagine, you know, constructing a, a secondary moment to the burning of the house down and i think what it what by by leaving it the way they leave it it almost undercuts laurie's whole mo for this entire movie yeah because theoretically based on everything we've seen from her in this movie she should wait for the house to burn down and then go back in and fucking make sure 
Right. You know what I mean? It's almost And then he's it, gone, presumably, is sure, how the next sure, one begins. Sure, sure, that's fine. <laughs> but having her be like, this is not over until right. I've confirmed that it's fucking over. Like, I wanted to see her, like, imagine where she's trying to go in to, like, get another shot off or, or to, like, shoot him and make sure he's not, not leave it up to the fire. Mm-hmm. And the daughter was like... And or the and or the granddaughter was like, you know, mom, grandma, you know, it's don't, over. It's not, you're gonna die if you right, go right. back in yes, there. Yes. And then so that way it was more like, no, she had to make that choice of like, die following that obsession, yes. which ruined her whole life too. And you now can look at it. That's interesting you bring that up because that's kind of one of my big things that didn't work for for me. Mm. Is there's. I, I like the catharsis of like the trap and, and it paying off and it working and all of that, but I almost wanted a more dire moment between Lori and Michael of of like she's going to die to kill him. And that never quite got to that point yeah you wanted her to be in that ultimate sacrifice moment yes mm-hmm. like i just i mean that maybe that's just my personal you know yeah i don't know that, that, that would like, been but... tricky because i felt like it could have been kind of contrived to force to make that happen yeah yeah i mean it would have to be done skillfully <laughs> so yeah. you know maybe there wasn't you know a a, a way that, that they could agree that would really really hit that but yeah i think it's kind of cool though that they took the route of not just like making this the final lori film this is her big send-off like sure. i like that she did live and just felt well good, and i'm good not to see i'm it. not saying that she has to actually die in that moment mm-hmm. it's almost like i think i wanted to see her accept that it's okay if she dies you know in the act or in the attempt to kill him that, that sh- there's a moment where she has accepted that if this is going to end, she can she's okay with dying to to kill him. Mm-hmm. And that and, and, and by, you know, that doesn't she doesn't have to ultimately die. It's more seeing the character accept that. And it's kind of there, you know, she's putting herself out there and, and Wait, almost so going to kill. You're, you're saying accept that she should die wait sorry can you clarify okay so what i mean is if there's a if if they get into you know this sort of final battle moment where she has to make a decision that the consequences of which are very likely she's going to die Mm -hmm. even if she doesn't die seeing the character accept that that's the decision that they're making i don't know because i I think that's where we were coming into the movie, though. I feel like she's already like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do anything yeah. to do this. So I thought it was more the reversal of like, can we get her to not be willing to risk her life to mm-hmm. which she already has given her whole life over to this to just like spend yeah. time with her family? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I'm cool with it. Um, I liked. Um, or sorry, we're on what didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> just just keep going on what yeah. did i did not like oh it did not work for me this was a very specific scene moment that like felt like you see this all in lesser films so it is a backhanded compliment to this film but there is the scene maybe i just missed a line or something but i swear 
this is how it played out when Lori, when Michael Myers is is on the loose for the first time again. Lori rushes over to her daughter's house, mm-hmm. her granddaughter's house, and says, um, and is is trying to get her to leave the house. That it's not safe here. Right. That's not safe there. She says, "There was a bus crash." Da da da. And and then uh, Judy Greer goes, "What are you talking about, bus crash?" And never, I swear, at any point, maybe I missed it. Lori actually says, "Michael Myers has escaped." I, I agree. I don't it's think just, they say it's, it. It just portrays her like she's just you know completely yeah. alone. And I got why Judy Greer <laughs> yeah. kicked her out if she was that nanny. Never, and it was just so frustrating. I'm like, wait, you never actually followed through with that you never say michael is coming and then in the wikipedia it was funny because i was so frustrated right that when i got to how it described that moment it said laurie attempts to warn karen of michael's getaway but she dismisses her concerns which is just so like it's so the exact way where it's like how they just maybe hoped people would notice was like right. oh it, it's just a vague dismissing of concerns i'm concerned i dismiss you <laughs> like it's stupid. No, make her. Why yeah. wouldn't she tell her? Well, you are. Yeah, you're sort of hitting on something that didn't work for me. I think. I think there are some. There are things. Dia specifically dialogue things that I felt were just could have been better. Mm-hmm. And I am unfortunately I don't have like a very specific example, but just. It, I'm not sure if it's so much the dialogue itself or the delivery of the dialogue. Generally, I am of the opinion that when dialogue comes out weird, it's usually the 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 writing that is the problem, not the acting. Um, especially with this cast, like they're all fine. You know what I mean? They know how to fucking act. So I'm not. I I don't blame them for those moments i i think there's something about some of the way this the 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 dialogue is constructed that just isn't kind of how people talk Mm -hmm. and i just it it maybe happened four or five times where i was like that was luckily a far cry from insidious four right right that's the extreme where you're like clearly this is (laughs) fucking bad writing it was only a few times and it but it it you know, it makes me tilt my head, go like, oh, what was, why was that weird? And yeah. what, what's going on? So there's a little dialogue stuff. But having said that, it made me think, I mean, when you watch the original, it's, it's pretty loose writing. Like yeah. it's, it's, so I almost was like, they're kind of just doing right. maybe unintentional. Well, cool. They're kind of matching tone. It's good writing as far as the, like the relationships and their core of who they are as right. people. But maybe just some of the, it's a little... There, there are moments. I mean, I'm speaking more to the original. I don't remember this this new one, but moments where it's kind of like the the setup punchline kind yeah, of yeah. exchange kind of dialogue. But um, the only but other, yeah, I have one thing off of that too. I don't know if you noticed this, but early on, there's two or three. I thought pretty glaring ADR things. I noticed one. Someone's the mouth didn't not, match the word. Yeah. Right? It was it was the the male reporter. Um, I believe he his mouth says, "I talked to her," and they replaced "talked" with "spoke." Mm. So you hear the word "spoke" and you see the word "talked," and it's it was jarring. I was like, "Whoa, that was I mean aggressive." Like, why not just keep "talked"? 
what was wrong with Docked? So would have ruined the film. Yeah, yeah, right. It there were two or three right around that same like five or ten minutes that that I was like, oh, they must have had some sort of sound problem. Something something just I feel like happened. Like just and a wanting a dialogue change. It. Yeah. Um, but it stood out, which is, you know, oh, well, unfortunate, Hopefully I guess. to not more than 1% of the viewing no. public. No, um, I'm sure not. Uh, let's see what else. I, I have one big one. Yeah. Wait, wait, was this the acting one? Because kind of. You, you mentioned someone's performance. Yeah, yeah it's, well, there's a, I have a small performance and I have a big performance problem. What is it? The small one is the just the high school dudes. I just don't like them. I, I just don't think that they're great. The In particular, the boyfriend. Actually, both boyfriends. I think that there's something just... Maybe it's casting. I don't know what it is, but I just didn't think that they were landing the where I thought they could have. Oh, I thought they were good at being not totally likable, but just kind of like... Yeah. But I get who they are. Yeah, but I, you know what it is partially? I think that those three guys, the high school guys, uh, Vicky's boyfriend, the friend, the comic, friend, relief, the comic guy. relief guy, and Allison's boyfriend, yeah, all three of them were leaning too far into caricature for me. Mm-hmm. Just not quite fully in, but just a little too far. Like, I didn't, I guess I just didn't believe them. I guess, I mean, that's you where know, it felt to me like you have two, probably, you know, Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, you know, like 40-year-old men writing maybe. high school boys, where <laughs> yeah. it's like they're they're kind of like getting a kick out of That them, could be, yeah. But it, you could tell it's their kind of projection Right. I was well. like, these guys don't exist in real life, <laughs> you know? Maybe it seemed, they do. It seemed but, more yeah. like younger versions of, sure. of, yeah. of, you know, who they were as kids versus... Yeah, but the so that so that I was I you know I was fine. It I got over it pretty fast. But the one that I did not like, it's kind of a it's dual. It's 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 writing and performance. Is the new Loomis leading up to his turn? Mm-hmm. He's super annoying, like unnecessary. There's unnecessary dialogue where the cop is saying something and he's like off screen in the background, like repeating it or like chiming in and i'm just like why is that even in this movie and and you know once the twist happened i'm like oh i guess it makes sense sort of from if you step back a little bit that he's he's kind of winding up that he's He's psychotic he's psychotic and and but at the moment in the moment i was like i fucking hate this actor (laughs) and i hate what they're doing and i hate that he's new loomis and i hate (laughs) you know what i mean i was like he sucks and he's kind of unnecessary and I'm not into the performance. And then he turns and I'm sort of like, oh, okay, I get why they did it. But it didn't sit terribly well with me. I want to talk about more him, more okay. things of note. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so other than that, let's see. Uh, I mean, my last one was um, some of the... Uh, I got. I'm trying to remember some examples, but like... Um, like hyper kinetic intense kind of like filmmaking things like we're like very flashy flashbacks it it wasn't that bad for me but like an example i can think of was the first one of the beginning where it was just like this build of like look at the mask say something whatever that was oh yeah and it's like that that was kind of cool as far as what the context was yeah it may it was 
as they say, a bit much. Yeah, it was, was a little much. Just a bit much. But I also think, um, it, you know, you... you mm, that that moment, No, but that moment I was liking, uh, that, that wasn't so egregious for me, but there were just other, I forget what they were now, just flashbacks or moments or scenes where it kind of just did the like, yeah. Yeah. you're like, oh yeah, when back when, yeah, I get you. I, I, yeah, I didn't really, I mean, I can barely even remember any of them, so it obviously didn't bother me. <laughs> um, you kind of, you reminded me of something that I should have said in what worked. Um, I guess I kind of said it in the, the duality stuff, but there's a couple really good shots of, uh, like in the hospital, you see the cameras and the barbed wire. And then when we meet Lori, the first thing you see are cameras and barbed wire. And it's like, I thought that was cool. Sorry, I'm backtracking. Um, what did not work? Uh, the So in the end, I guess this is just me kind of anticipating what could happen. And then the filmmakers did something else, right? Oh, shit, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. That's fine. It's really not even a criticism. But there were a couple times when I thought, ooh, I would have liked it maybe more if they had integrated uh, Allison running from the woods. What what ends up happening, she just runs through the woods until she gets to the house and she gets in the house. And I felt like there's a missed opportunity there. And I don't know exactly what it would be. I thought we should have seen him chasing her a little or something. Yeah, <laughs> like... Or oh that that was actually an example when she runs into those mannequins and goes like ah like mannequins scary yeah yeah I guess I there's a part of me that that was anticipating because Lori and Karen don't know where Allison is it gives you the opportunity to have an unexpected thing happen when Allison shows up where they mistake her for somebody or she gets in the way of, you know, them getting right. to Michael because she's entering into the scene. Right. And unexpectedly, well, I think they could have just like, if they had just not either done more with it, like you're saying, or just not shown her like, like we, we see her running off from the car and then she shows up later at the house. We get, we know that's where she was headed. We right. Didn't... It adds nothing to the story to continue to see her running aimlessly through Except the woods. Except to see her get scared by mannequins. Right. And even that doesn't pay off. We never get back to those mannequins, right? Like, we well, don't... No, that's what I was saying. That's his example of like, I was like, eh, that, yeah. that kind of moment. I mean, yeah. So, meh, I thought it could have, there was an opportunity maybe, but whatever. It's Anything fine. else that didn't work for you? Could we move on to things of note? Um... No, that's pretty much it. I, I kind of have this note about like that, you know, the high tower surprise where it's like you have a plan and then you, you try and execute the plan and it fails. I didn't feel like that quite happened. And they maybe that again was a missed opportunity kind of in the same vein of Allison. Maybe Allison coming back could have caused the high tower surprise, like like them capturing Michael to fail. Um, and it just didn't. It kind of was like ultimately the plan worked even though there was struggle yeah it was satisfying because we didn't um we didn't know exactly how it was going to play out right but i thought there was some weirdness with the logic of the plan in that like when she's going from room to room initially and then closing the room when she like if you're trying to trap somebody and you're wondering if they're in a room and you can lock that room down why even look into the room just fucking lock the room and then maybe he's in there. No, because then they wouldn't have been able to get him to the basement to burn it down. 
But the whole house burns down. Every room. No, no, but I mean, they specifically part of what I got was about part of the trap was specifically getting him down there to get those. Whoosh, uh, okay. The, okay. I can see. Because, I get, that makes more sense. I, I get it you. Was a cage. It's so that they're literally closing off. It wasn't a prison. There's a trap. Yeah. They're, they're creating a pathway for him to get downstairs. Okay. I just think that it didn't, it didn't translate logically in the moment. Um, but yeah, I can I can get on board with that. How about it? Things of note. Let's do it. Things of note. <laughs> this should be interesting. Oh, well, I just mentioned one for me. New Loomis. Something about him. What, what were you saying? Yeah, you didn't like him. His performance, eh. kind of thing. Um, but I was more just kind of getting hung up on how he sounded exactly <laughs> like old Loomis. Like why get a like why get someone who kind of like he like really was new Loomis in that sense. He, t- he talked talked the yeah. same Michael Myers and it just only got more confusing for me because at the beginning like you hear a voice and you're like, "Oh, that's Loomis." Yeah. But then you're also seeing this new guy and you see him talk. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And like, and yeah, I, I, apparently they did have, they did cast a sound alike comedian to voice oh, really? Loomis. <laughs> I thought it was just, you know, interesting old tracks or whatever. Yeah, I thought so too. But, but it just got all that much more confusing when it was like, wait, new Loomis also sounds like him. And I think they were both in that scene. Yeah. Anyway, that was no, noteworthy for me. It was just kind of like my brain figuring out like, what, like, why does he have to sound exactly the yeah. same? Um, I have one. I don't know if you caught this, but one of the essential things, and and I think uh, a, a a film technique that has now become, you know, the slasher film sort of quintessential camera move, is a like handheld POV shot, right? Where it's like in the first Halloween, Michael's standing outside of the first babysitter's house, I believe. And then we get him stalking the house, but it's a POV shot. You don't see him, right? It's just his POV and it's handheld. And it's that's it's, it is quintessential. We associate this with slasher films, right? It's the slasher film camera sort of trope. They do not use that in this movie at all, except, well, they don't use it as a POV shot at all ever in this movie so they completely got rid of that thing they used that one time the the handheld follow shot when allison comes gets to the house there's only one time and maybe we think you know maybe we think in that moment that michael could be behind her but he's not and and it is maybe a four second shot and that's it. That's the only time they use that shot in this entire movie. Interesting. Yeah, and I thought, holy shit, like the thing that defines in a lot of ways slasher film technique at least is not in this movie. That was smart. I think it would have been too much if yeah. they had No, I'm I'm fine with it. I, that's why it's thing thing of note for me cuz it it didn't affect it. I just was like, oh shit, look at that. They didn't do it. So Cool. That uh that comic relief friend i guess we referred to him as Mm -hmm. i just thought it was kind of funny where i could tell that kind of like what i already said that he sounded like danny mcbride's voice coming through (laughs) 
<laughs> I could just, could just see that. Yeah. As that. Anyway, that was funny. And then so two um two uh acting shout outs, I guess I guess cat character people, people actors. The uh, PJ Souls, who is Linda in the original. The one is totally, totally, totally yeah, yeah. was her catchphrase. Who apparently John Carpenter had a bit of a crush on, and that's why they think uh she was cast. Um <laughs> That was one one person, I think Deborah Hill's guess. Um, so she was in, uh, yes, she was in the original Halloween, and then I also recognized her from Carrie, of course. Mm, yeah. And Stripes, I watched a lot as a kid growing <laughs> up. <laughs> anyway, she's in it. You probably recognize her. Uh, but the one, Tim, that got me very excited was who played the father or dad, or sorry, father or husband or, or son-in-law, depending on how you look at it, Ray played by Toby Huss, who you knew somehow. Tim had told me before this, like, hey, you know, I see Toby Huss around. I had not yeah. mentioned well, I know love to- for Toby Huss I before. know Toby Huss from a, a show called Halt and Catch Fire, which I love. Weird. I've never and, heard of that. And he's, I mean, he's been around forever. He, I know him from my awesome. one of my all-time favorite TV shows, and this is why I'm so excited, uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete. <laughs> he played Artie, the strongest man in the world. Wow. And you can hear him in the... Um, in the uh, the restaurant scene, they kind of did a, it. Kind of was like because I was listening for to him, it was kind of a bad edit. But where he, like he's trailing off what they were talking with before, mm-hmm. he kind of goes into like his oh yeah voice, <laughs> which can also be heard when he played Elaine's boyfriend. Um, the Wiz is what he went by in Seinfeld. Oh, Jesus, where he was like the I'm the Wiz, I'm the Wiz, like electronic <laughs> store owner advertiser. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, he just he lives in my neighborhood. That's and, so awesome. And he, you know, there's a grocery store Albertsons like three blocks away that I walk to, and I just see him in there every once in a while. And I sometimes I'm, I want to be like. Dude, he, I'm but telling I just, you, whatever. I'm he not gets the... it and is probably friendly with it because of Adventures of Pete and Pete. And Maybe if you told him it was from this other show that you knew him, I'm sure he'd be yeah. elated and delighted. No, he's great, Toby. Toby. Um, I the only other thing I have things of note is is just I like I said I went in not knowing who wrote or or you know who directed or anything this and. Man, good job. Those dudes are awesome. David Gordon Green, the director, uh, was looking up his his IMDb. I still want to see Your Highness. I haven't seen that. And man, I mean, I really like, I don't know what it is. I guess I just, I thought other people had directed movies that this guy has directed, oh. <laughs> which is kind of shitty on my part, I guess. Like, my bad. Um, but things like, like Pineapple Express... Um, which I, I revisited recently. I liked it You know, it like, more. I was surprised, basically, and, and pleasantly surprised at some of the stuff that he's worked on. And, and you know, it makes sense that this is as good as it is. Yeah. Based on the stuff that he's done in the past. So, good job, dude. You rock. Can we move to our recommendations, then? We sure can. Why? Oh, wait, no, we what? can't. I have a cobweb continuity. God damn. It's two seconds long. The, the the floors in the house are tile, but when they're in the basement, they're shooting up through wood slats. I noticed that, and I thought that was an intentional like I think divide, it, it, like something that she did to like make it seem like that there wasn't anything underneath. I think the cons. Oh, that's interesting. I think the conceit maybe, and it's just a matter of how it was filmed and like sort of what we, which room we thought he was in when she was shooting up at him. Mm-hmm. The kitchen is most 
certainly tiled. But I think the living room is wood, so who gives a shit, This right? was supposed to be, I'm looking at our, our map here, Tim. This was supposed to be in what did not work section. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not our things of note section. up. <laughs> <laughs> but I got over it. Keep an eye out, people. Yeah, let let's, me know. Let's let's see if it's another, um, yeah, let's keep an eye out. Never mind. <laughs> Enough with that. All right, well, recommendations. Uh, I said I had an apropos recommendation, and I'm going to listen to the last episode now that I've seen the new movie, but there's been a wonderful podcast all about behind the scenes oh. and making of Halloween called Halloween Unmasked. Cool. And it's uh, very, very well done. Gets into the, um, the the history of the original, its repercussions, you know, doesn't ever read the sequels and everything. And uh, the late the last episode, is, it seems like it was on the new film. So nice. you listen to it. I recommended that. Check it out. Halloween Unmasked. Cool. I recommended a podcast as well. You said that was a podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, called uh, uh, Dr. Death. It's real twisted. But it's good and it's short. I think it's only like 10 episodes. I think you're telling me about it. What's it about? It's, um, it's a doctor. Well, it's a, what do you call that? A cervical, a spinal surgeon, a cervical. How do you call this? Spinal, cervical, spinal surgeon, <laughs> something like that. Basically neck doctor, right? Like, but surgeon who is just was a fucking maniac and like s- suffered from bad, like narcissism, like major problems and started es- essentially faking his way through surgeries and fucking killing people. He killed like two or three people. He just fucking botched their surgeries purposefully and and like paralyzed a bunch of people. He fucked a bunch of people up. And the, the podcast sort of dives into the sequence of events and like where he came from and why the fuck he did what he did. And it's it's dark, but very good. And, and it's a quick one. It's I think it's only 10 episodes, so maybe less, might be seven. So it's good, though. Check it out. Cool. All right. So for next week. Oh, yeah, for next week, we are going back in time quite a ways. Furthest than we've ever gone. So you know I'm excited. 1934. And this is this is one that we've seen, that I've seen before. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've seen it. I, I, I've seen it. I think I watched it film school era. Mm. So it's like we kind of try to have that general rule of like we haven't seen it or it's been long enough. But I think there's a couple in the future we're letting slip through yeah. for Tim that he's just excited to talk about. Yeah. This is one that I really want to revisit and uh, be able to talk about. The Black Cat. Yeah. With uh, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi together. Yeah. I've heard a lot about this and I just... I think I know it because we watched it in um, a film class of mine called High Low Film oh, Class. Oh, interesting. Which, yeah, you yeah. get the name I, of it. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So right. um, until well, then, thanks for listening to us talk about a new Halloween film. How about that? Yeah, baby. Probably not going to be the last Halloween film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, well, but until then, you we'll don't be have back. a choice. <laughs> we'll be back for that. Thank All you, right, guys. Stay scary. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,